Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Radio. <laughs> Can't believe I interrupted her. I never, well, I do do that sometimes. So <clears throat> here you are at Freedom Matters, You Matter. And I'm going to add a couple more to it. America Matters. Uh, this show is not about discriminating against anybody. It is not trying to override anybody else's agenda and focus and mission that they're on. But that's the great thing about America. We each have the right to have a mission. So I'm your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, here on Block Talk Radio at the K Factor, where the K is kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. Now, I've been on on and off this platform for close to a decade and have never really been quite as fired up as I am right now because I'm so passionate about what it is that's happening in 2020. Wow. Has this been a year or what? Now, normally, this is a daily show with my co-host, Ron Williams, and Things happen and people get tied up. He'll be here and he'll pop in on us if he can get through his schedule and make that happen. And I'll welcome him when he gets here. It'll be great. But here's the thing. Why this show right now? Well, here in 2020, I have felt this incredible lonesomeness. You know, the the quarantine, the lockdown, the everything about it. I don't care if you're in a house with 12 people or you're living alone. If you're in the country or the city or a single family dwelling or multiple family dwelling, the point of the matter is that our world has really shifted. I didn't get that. Could you try again? You know what? <laughs> she does. He does this to me all the time. I'm so, not sure. I understand. I know. Remote. So anyway, as I was saying before, he was interrupting me over there. The, the thing that I've noticed is this loneliness factor. And then I was kind of getting lost in what day is it because my routines were so thrown off. What happened was I thought to myself, I need a daily routine that will keep me grounded. And I need to have it be focused. And by the way, as a doctor of psychology, I'm noticing people getting really bummed out and overwhelmed, including me. And I was dialing into the news. Open my eyes, remote control, turn on the news. During the day, remote control, turn on the news in my office or wherever I am in my home. And I started thinking, you know, on every platform of the news, there's a different story. Why? Isn't it the news? And I thought, wait a second, before all this, I wasn't really watching the news. And people would say, oh, have you seen the news? And I'd say, I make the news. I make my day. I have an agenda for life. I've got my business. My news is about the goodness of what happens, 
My news is about the K factor and about kindness and where do we find it. My news is about partners and excellence and, and helping people come together to accomplish through informal but solid partnerships, whatever it is that we need to accomplish. And my passion is to teach people how to build their inner strength because my belief is everyone has got a beautiful interior that is their spirit, that is their soul, that is their conscience. My specialization as a doctor of psychology has been mind-body medicine and keeping the brain focused so we can get where we want to go and tying good thoughts to our body nutrifying, resting, hydrating, communicating in ways that are highly productive for us so we can be accomplished in the ways that are important to us. So I thought to myself, having a show daily that would be all about kindness, but maybe a different theme every day just so that I can be tracking my days of the week. So I did. And as I'm filling up the days with a call for soulfulness on Sunday, the Monday moves, Tuesday talks, Wednesday wins, Thankful Thursday, Freedom Fridays, Sensuous Saturdays. I started recruiting people to be my co-hosts on those days. And this has only been going on for about five weeks, six weeks maybe. And as I'm getting into this, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, boy, this is really great. I have something to look forward to every day. And I have somebody here in my home every day, a visitor. Because, of, of course, I'm inviting people who I know I can trust to be on this platform with me. And as we get deeper and deeper into what's happening in our country with violent outbursts, okay, we do have a few peaceful protests, but we have destruction across our great nation of cities, of monuments, of shopping districts, and in some cases of homes. People are being injured. People are being killed. Our police force is retiring early, going on disability experiencing tremendous stress. They've become the most hated part of our population. And yet, we do want to call 911 when we're in trouble. It could be because someone in our house is having a heart attack or we've cut our finger and we're bleeding bleeding profusely. 911 is for a lot of different things, but it is about enforcement of law and protection of citizens. I grew up in the city of Chicago being taught about officer friendly, being taught that the police were my friends, that I could count on them, that they were my elders, they were in authority, and that I needed to pay close, respectful attention to them. Now, all that being said, when I see what's happening to our country, and I mean the protesters, the quiet citizens, the police, the politicians, everybody, the looters and the rioters. I see a tremendous amount 
of unrest. I see a tremendous amount of overwhelm, frustration, anxiety, sadness, and most importantly, uncertainty. <laughs> so, right, right in the middle of talking about uncertainty, my uncertain Carlos shows up. <laughs> That's perfect timing. I was just teeing it up and talking about the reasons for this show, and I said, and in the midst of all this, I'm noticing all these things about people, among which is uncertainty. <laughs> Big dog. Okay. Well, for certain, um, <laughs> hi, everybody. Up in the mountains today, up at my cabin, so it's kind of, kind of a fun, beautiful setting. Oh, that's gorgeous. I love the log cabin. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, you know, the, with uncertainty comes a certain element of surprise. So I knew that my co-host here, Ron Williams, is very busy, and we're all running around doing things here and there and whatever. And so there was the uncertainty, not if he would show up, but when. And so when the doorbell rang on the Zoom room, it was like, yay, okay, great. Ding dong, come on in, hello, we'll be right there. <laughs> so it's great. How are you today, Ron? I'm doing fantastic. Get on a couple calls. Speaking foreign languages or trying to speak, trying to communicate, but uh, we, we got it done. Thank you. That's awesome. What language can you say? Japanese. Oh, konnichiwa. Yeah. Konnichiwa, right. <laughs> and it's early, early hours for them, so they were doing me a favor by getting up way, way early. So, oh. uh, yeah, it was a little slow, but that's okay. We got it done. So, so how are you, Beth? I'm great. Now, I just have to tell you one thing about Japan. I got to spend like six weeks there and loved it. And it was really exciting. And the most fun part was the way the people in Japan answer the phone. Mushy, mushy. <laughs> it's just sweet. It's a sweet country, sweet language. I'm doing fine. I have just been talking to our audience about the ways in which I think that this this platform and this show is so important because there's so much going on, and that I think everybody, no matter where it is you're on the street, no matter where you are, it is you are on the issues, everybody's uncertain, unhappy, uh, angry, anxious, fearful, and looking for ways to break through whatever the issue is. I'm worried about everybody in terms of their rest and hydration and nutrition their physicality, their spirituality, and their freedoms and their concern and my concern for people's freedoms. And our, our show for today, like last time, and we can change this at any moment, but I'm calling it You Matter, Freedom Matters. And you want to hear the write-up I did for us for today? I didn't even tell the audience yet. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so I look away from this camera because I'm looking at this monitor where the studio is. So what I'm saying is the battle has got to come to an end, and America the Great has got to prevail. If it doesn't, we are all lost in a sea of uncertain and poverty of freedom. No matter what side of the street you are standing on here in the USA during 2020, there are issues, challenges, News from media outlets that is 
upsetting us all because the stories are in competition for our attention. Who is telling the truth? We need to know that what we all want is America the free with the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights intact with safe streets in every city and choices about each and choices about each aspect of our life. We matter. Freedom matters. So join me, Dr. Neb Carlin and Ron Williams on wow, Freedom Matters. Nice. We matter. That was really nice, actually. Wow. You just dropped the microphone now. <laughs> it's uh, it's all true, and it's and it's all the things that are burning a hole in my belly. And you know what, Ron? I, I have to tell you, I came into the studio here today really on fire because I have things that I'm posting on social media and people are arguing with me. This lovely gentleman is posted. He he came here as a young guy from Cuba. He left Cuba on a, on a, a, a wind, a windboard with a sail. He went 90 miles. He said he would rather die at sea on that surfboard than die feeling like he was a captive. He came here. He landed. Uh, you know, it's a long story, but the fact of the matter is, after a couple of attempts, he landed here, and he's lived here. And what does he do? He joins the service. He establishes his life. He thinks America is America the beautiful, America the great. And I have people saying, what are you talking about? Are you talking about communism? Are you talking about socialism? Are you talking about dictatorship? Are you talking about authoritarianism? And I'm like, I'm not wordsmithing this. I'm talking about freedom. And guess what? I don't feel like I want to take a single one of mine for granted anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because whatever whatever is being sold right now out there in the media, um, I think I think all of us, doesn't matter what side you're on, we're all being misled uh, into thinking it's going to be this, that, or the other. I think sometimes we think politicians care about social issues and they care about special interest issues, and they don't. They don't give a rip about, you know, uh, ethnic this or ethnic that. They don't give a rip about... Um, you know, the gay population, uh, just every four years, they just divide us so that they can sort of carve out their votes, uh, selling a bag of goods that might not be freedom anymore. And, and even, the, even the word might not is enough for us to really stand up and say, uh-uh, freedom is, you know, freedom is not free. So we can't just sit back and watch. We have to stand up right now and Yeah, we're really forgetting who who serves who here. And and the fact of the matter is, is I'm looking at what it is that we're doing here. I'm thinking to myself, I I am just I am not willing to live in fear. One of the shows that I do during the week on, on Blog Talk Radio is the End the Fear campaign that was requested by a mother. 
because she's watching her child in in high school be afraid. Like, Mom, what's going to happen with school? Mom, what's going to happen with my social life? What's going to, what's going to, what's going to? And, you know, this woman's husband, by the way, you know the movie Black Hawk Down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Matt Eversman is her husband. So Tori Ducart Eversman has been a very dear friend of mine. I love her and her husband, Matt. And she tells the story about, you want to live in fear and survive not, and, and thrive? I've been there. I was there when my husband was captured in a place that was not about freedom. He was there as a freedom fighter. And when he went missing because of the war that he was in the middle of, let me tell you about fear. And then when he came home, the two of them had to go through what everything was that they'd experienced. Talk about loyal Americans who love our values, love our country, love our freedoms. It doesn't matter what political party it is. We need our freedoms. And we need both political parties to say, the United States of America, I put my hand over my heart. I pledge allegiance to the flag. This is America where we have, we have freedom of speech, the right to bear arms the right to assemble, you know, all everything. And it, it seems like it's all up for grabs now. And why can't I go anywhere in the country and feel safe right now? Well, and you look at some of the, the people who have these globalist agendas, and most of them, you know, are technology companies and companies that look at, well, heck, if I can, my company's here in the United States and all of a sudden it's, Instantly, you know, the globe is my marketplace. They have a lot to gain by it, a lot to control, a lot of power. And so, um, you know, I always ask myself, what's so appealing to these people who want to be globalists, who want to bring everybody into one? And one thing I can think of truly is the idea that they get a bigger market share, you know, what they're already doing kind of thing. You know, I have to tell you, <clears throat> I don't know what it is that's wrong with me. But I don't understand, I really don't understand why it is that I am looking at television and I am seeing literally people being ripped out of their vehicles, beaten, beat up by people in in like Portland right now. And there's a guy standing there. He's got a T-shirt on that says security, and he's one of the people kicking the guy. And I'm thinking, well, wait a second. I thought we wanted our police officers to behave themselves. Wait a second. These aren't police officers. These are citizens now who are behaving in ways. I, I think we're, I thought, I thought you were protesting because you wanted to bring an end to that. So I'm really lost. Can you help me understand this? Cause I am, I'm feeling like I'm not getting it somehow. Well, it's deceptive behavior. We're now policing ourselves. So yeah. The lines are changing as we speak, and I saw the same footage you saw, and it disgusted me. You know, it's absolutely disgusting. I also read an article this morning. I haven't confirmed everything about it, but I did read that there was a couple in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, 90, 91 years old, been married for 65 years. He was a storied hero, veteran, um, and, um, and he and his wife got mugged, beat up. She's 91, was raped, and died. Oh, my it. God. And and the media's not covering it. There's nothing. But they're, they're, they're okay covering 
you know, any, anything else, but not that, you know, and I just, I struggle with all this, you know, and I remember when they were trying to uh, impeach um, our current president, they kept referring to our, our historians, our framers, they kept calling them framers, you know, like they were so uh, devoted to the constitution and the framers. And now that was what they were using then. Now what they're using is screw the framers. You know, they, there's no regard for our constitution. There's no regard for the framers. So to me, it's just one little subtlety that emerged in my brain that connected framers and, and, and the loyalty they had to our framers to all of a sudden this screw the framers movement. Whatever's going to work is what we're going to try. And it's really, really unfortunate. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I don't understand, I mean, was this couple, I mean, was there a protest going on? Did they get- I didn't get all the details, but I'm sure if you were to Google it, you could find it. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Whatever the circumstances are, that these people—that is just—I can't wrap my mind around that. Well, the the person who posted the article was irate because it got no coverage. But if this 90-year-old veteran hero, you know, were to turn and shoot the black man who did this, then that would have gotten the coverage. Yeah. But since he didn't turn around and do that. There was no coverage of it, and it's well, what a terrible way for this couple who's been married 65 years to go out, you know, and a hero for, 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 for fighting for our country, you know. You know, Ron, there's a part of me in the midst of this that wants to leave the cities I reside in and run out to the mountains and and live out yonder where people don't probably want to come to. But then I'm resentful about that. Because I love my home turf. <clears throat> I have a, a faith and a belief that we're going to get through this. But, but here's what I was thinking as I was on, on social media today, and these people are arguing with me. I had a couple people. <laughs> I had a couple people. One person said that I was ignorant because I don't know anything about the difference between all these different government styles. And another person said, well, you know, if you knew a little bit about the world, and I, and I thought, you know, and so I write back to people very politely, and I said, yeah, say more. You know, like, who are you talking about who's ignorant? You mean me? I'm ignorant? Oh, okay, so tell me how I'm ignorant. I, you know, help me out here. Uh, you know, make me less ignorant. Because maybe I'm missing something. And, and for the guy who said about worldly, I said, you know, it's real interesting to me that on social media, which I, I love social media, but I think it's ruined our world. I mean, really. I said, I'm really. I'd like to. I'd like for. I'd like for you to explain to me why it is that you think that you can show up on my timeline, which is my living room, and be rude. Because you wouldn't treat me this way in my home. You know, I've kind of invited you to the patio with the timeline, right? You landed in my space. So why did they invade me? What are you doing here? If you don't like me, then you should don't come over. Go play in your own sandlot. Yeah, it's 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 sad when you see people hiding behind their computers, acting all tough, you know, and, and it just takes no power to be a critic. You know, that's one thing we need to understand is it takes no power to be a critic. Right. You know, if you want to play, come down the field and bleed and sweat with the rest of us. But, you know, hiding yourself and being in the skybox, yeah. nah, right. I, there's no room for that in today's world. You know, I think that the the thing that you and I started out talking about with this, 
is that what we want to do is we want people to be writing to us and talking to us. And we're not taking live calls at this point, but at some point we'll do webinars and we'll let people be in the chat box. We won't let this be uh, Hollywood Squares with a million people on it and we're trying to do crowd control because that's just not going to be palatable. But we want to hear from people. And I think that the only solution for us is if there, there, if there is real genuine knowledge about the news. By the way, we are the news. I loved it when you came up with that. We are the news. You are the news. Freedom matters. We matter. You matter. I matter. We all Truth matter. Matters. Truth matters. Truth matters, yes. And get people having conversations. Because I really do have people saying to me very innocently, now, what did you think you saw? I have a guy who I really respect, and I, I wrote him a little love note on, on Facebook today, the little XO at the end of my note. And I said, you know who I am. You know who I am. This is about having the dialogue. Come and have the dialogue. But don't just show up because you want to be the captain of the debate team for the sake of debate. Let's come and talk. Yes, let's come and talk. I mean, if we don't have conversation. So here's a guy who wrote me and said, I don't know why you're trying to get people all riled up about the crime statistics in Chicago. Here, look at this. And he put something up, a screenshot of something. And crime is down in Chicago this year. Oh, it's not. And I said, I don't know. And it says it's from the from the Chicago Police Department or something. And I said, I don't know where you got that. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It is not. It's not down. The reports have been reporting the percentages up, you know, and significantly. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So when we have information that is off, yes, truth matters. And what we need to do. Is, is have people come together. What do you think could happen if we could generate the energy for people to show up here with us and really feel the fervor of, you know what, freedom matters. I mean, quite frankly, isn't that isn't that what Black Lives Matter matters is really about? Is is it's about black people who want their freedom and white people and people of all colors who say we want these people to be free to live in the color of their skin and not be disadvantaged as a result of it. Okay. Well then we're all on the same page. Just don't beat me over the head with it with a skateboard. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's just, um, it seems like the campaign is the score is even meaning that I I understand the racial justice piece. I, I, I agree with it, but when you're looting in the name of racial justice, you're sort of neutralizing the campaign. You're not, you're, you're washing it all out, you know? Well, you're alienating people because <clears throat> the statement from, uh, from people that it doesn't matter if you destroy property because that property is insured. Well, it actually does matter. There's no such thing as real, genuine, authentic recovery. And when you have to recover repeatedly, 
you know, insurance, first of all, is very expensive. And then when you have incidents, you have to use it. It's very expensive. And then when you have the heartache, the emotional toll, the physical toll, the psychological toll, the societal toll, it's extremely expensive. So if you, you know, if you want opportunity, I'm going to go back to what we were saying yesterday. We have to come to the table and have dialogue. I just don't know whose table it is and where the dialogue takes place. No, I agree. I think that right now it's easier for people to go to the lowest hanging fruit and be a victim and, and rebel and, and, and loot, you know, um, and hurt people and uh, of all colors. And I'm not pointing out a color. I'm just saying it, it's, not, it's not effective. And if this is what the campaign looks like on the other side, I'm out. Help me out. So what do we do, Ron? Well, I think we do what we're doing. We talk, we do a little talk, we do a little action. We um, we also realize that we don't have all the answers. I don't think we do. And if there's anything we want our viewers to understand is that we don't think we do. <laughs> like to engage in the conversation, but at least we're starting conversation, and we're trying not to be politically correct. Yeah, because I think political correctness is uh, actually political wrongness. We've gone so far out of our way to um, pay attention to things that, I mean, everybody's lost. I mean, we don't need to be lost. We need to be comfortable with one Mm -hmm. another. We need to have trust. And political correctness is not keeping it real, to be honest. And I think most everyone would agree with that. You know, the, the main thing I look at is not your political correctness or your your political uh, uh, sins or infractions or your or, you know, your indiscretions or because you might say something incorrectly. I think the key is what's your intention, what's your political intention, what is your racial intention. And if you understand that your racial intention is peace and love and breakthrough and understanding and, and, and acknowledging our blind spots, then stop worrying about the words and, and worry more about solutions. I think that's important to say because people would watch this and assume that, you know, we're just white people just being white, you know. Well, we can't change the color of our skin, but we can start talking about these things, you know. <laughs> You know, I love it that my mother and father raised me with the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so, you know, um, we all have discriminations. We all have preferences. But the point about discrimination is to not look at someone and make a judgment about them because of the way that they look, period, in any demographic. Age, race, attractiveness, intelligence, religion, anything, where they live, what their accent is, none of that. I mean, I was taught that that was not being kind. That, you know, my job was to be kind. Now, I don't always succeed. There have been at least one or two times in my life I've been a jerk. But... Well, yeah, you better laugh. Well, time so lag there. Pro- <laughs> I thought Chicago's had a little edge to them, Chicago people. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, you know what? Let me tell you something about that. 
there's a, a wonderful band by the name of Dr. Jim Roach, Dr. James Roach in Midway, Kentucky, which is midway between Lexington and Louisville. Beautiful. And he is a generational physician, family practice. And he's, he's a really good holistic healer. And I had met him at an event, and I, and I went there because I wanted to experience him taking care of me in addition to my regular internal medicine physician. So I'm there, and he gives me a big build-up to his wife and his daughter and friends and staff. And we were sitting talking, and he says to me, in a very nice southern drawl, really slow talking, that Deborah, I have to tell you, I kind of adjust his glasses. You're very rude. <laughs> and I said, I am. I am. I mean, what do you mean? Tell me more. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? And, and he said, Well, just like that. As soon as as soon as I pause, you jump in. Now I know that you're from the north. <laughs> we understand that. <laughs> it's like we. What do you mean, wait? Well, everybody's noticing it. You know, everybody in town is noticing. You know, some people might say you've got an animated personality, but, you know, it's rude. you got to pace yourself. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I had no clue. So we, we all make judgments. He loved me and liked me anyway and just tried to guide me. Of course he did. Well, it sounds like the socks versus the cuts, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, but if we're violent and if we're commanding and demanding, then how do we get to a place of peace and harmony in the midst of where it is that we need to land and we say we want to? Well, I think that, see, the thing is that the media is using the exception to the rule that somebody makes a mistake and they do something stupid. Whether it's black, white, or Asian, or Latin, it doesn't matter. We're all we're all the same. One person is not going to define a race, and we keep you know it's an easy, low-hanging fruit to make that the issue that one person just did define a race. You know, yeah, right. God, God forbid, you know. Uh, and if we keep doing that, we're just going to be moving backwards. And I just again, it's not a it's it's not a coincidence. This is an election year. So we're using the exception to the rule to make a point to get a vote and to create divide amongst people. So I just think this is a time that we need to see that and realize that, man, I, I know that the vast majority of all races really want harmony and peace and brother and sisterhood. Yeah. And there's going to be those boneheads along the way. And guess what? We're going to blink. And 100 years from now, there'll still be boneheads. So why can't we start living and coexisting in a more profound way? And, and raise the awareness among our police force about racial injustices and make sure that that is raised. But stop there, you know, because my goodness, what's going on above and beyond that is not only neutralizing the whole campaign of racial injustice, it's, it's moving it backwards, you know. It's counter. It's countering it. The other thing that I'm very concerned about is the generation of youngsters that are coming up in this children learn what they live what is it that they're learning i mean we learn from the whole face and when we when we don't see for those of us who are listening and can't see i'm putting my my hands over 
so you can only see my eyes and my forehead. There's a whole facial recognition that is part of how our brain develops, how we read one another. And don't be telling me to wear a clear plastic shield. Thank you very much. I don't want to breathe in those fumes off the plastic. I don't want to live in that kind of a bubble. I mean, I don't know what it is we do here. It looks like when you wear those things, they look like they're deformers or bees. Right. Yeah, I think that, um, and it's funny because the generation now, I mean, there's going to be reference to the COVID generation. You know, some of our kids are going to grow up in this ridiculousness. And, you know, it's weird because, yeah, the lips, you know, the nose, the chin, the smile. Yes. There's less smiles. I mean, that, that's one thing that we just maybe fail to acknowledge it. Right now, there's probably less smiles in the history of America than ever because of these darn masks, you know, and our kids' lips are off limits now. Yeah. That's up for the younger <laughs> for the Big generation. Big time. Yeah, right. Yes. Big time. I mean, in in the dating world, I, I don't know how there is a dating world right now. It's online. It's social distancing at its best. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. That's funny. There's, there's, um, we talked about this the other day, but, you know, it, the, the intimacy of relationships. And I don't mean just the sexual intimacy, but the emotional intimacy, the physical intimacy of having people over. I actually, I've never done this before, but I have my dining room table set because I'm really setting it up, anticipating I'm going to have company. I am. I will one day again have company. I'm used to having company. I want people, you know, I want people who I know, like, and trust and love. I want my family here. Uh, You know, even my family is, well, you know, maybe we should meet outside. Well, right now, our culture are masks and these. Masks and mobile phones. Another reason you kind of, it makes you question, I guess, and wonder these social media companies, you know, these online companies, they got to be loving this. It's just masks and technology. A virtual world. Yeah, lots of lots of content being generated. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, this is just a good time for us all to get really healthy, get real, get strong, get present. If your campaign includes hate, if it includes divide, if it includes Looting, hurting, lighting fires, if it, if it includes, you know, that kind of energy, it, you know, it can't be a good one. <laughs> it just can't, you know. Uh, and, and in the same breath, I think, well, we're being attacked by our own right now. And, you know, I don't know, the temptation to take take those people out is there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The thing that I worry about is that, in, in in this framework of anger, I mean, people come to me to talk to me about wanting a release from anger, you know, and I teach them yeah. about the way that the brain works and yeah, the influence that. they That's, have. People want to hear that. That's a good subject. Okay. I, 
uh, you know, as a doctor of psychology, I am not a therapist. I do not do clinical therapy with people. I am an educator. I have studied healing my entire life, long before I got my master's and PhD, and long since. So the idea of mind-body medicine, the way that the brain works for every thought, there is an emotion, and that pairing releases neurotransmitters throughout our body. And guess what? We have to be in sync between our heart and our mind. So I have, I have run psychophysiology labs and biofeedback labs. I have worked with people on their blood pressure. Uh, when I'm talking about biofeedback, what I mean is the biological feedback that we get from our body that is an indication of how we're feeling. It's how a lie detector test works. We're, we're hooked up to a machine that's looking at our brain activity, our heart activity, our respirations. Uh, galvanic skin response is uh, gauging the sweat on the palm of your hand. And when you're all hooked up like that, we have, we have a conscience. We have a reaction psychologically, even if it's deep within our mind, and it causes our body to respond. So blood pressure. Let's take blood pressure for an example. Hypertension. People become hypertensive unless there's organ damage. That is, that is causing it, our blood pressure should have a baseline read of maybe 120 over 70 or 130 over 80. But when it gets to 140 over 90, and that's your baseline, it's dangerous because it's such a fluid number. It's saying how hard our heart is to work to pump the blood to all of our extremities. And if at a baseline rest, your heart is working that hard, then, like, when I'm animated and talking on the show, boom, I'm, like, 200 over 180, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to have a stroke or a seizure or a heart attack. Well, my blood pressure is typically, like, 120 over 60 or 120 over 70. If I'm well, elevated at baseline, um, it's because I'm thinking about something. So that biofeedback, listen to this. I studied with Dr. Herbert Benson, a cardiologist out of Harvard, to learn mind-body medicine. He opened up the first mind-body clinic in the country more than 50 years ago at Beth Bethesda. And what does he do? I mean, this is good information for everybody. He ties our mind and our body together and teaches people what I teach people, because I learned it in part from him, how do we control the universe that is in our skull in order to drive our attitudes, our perspectives, our moods and link it with our hearts so that we can be healthy. You know, Louise Hay of Hay House Publishing has written volumes over decades about the ways in which she healed herself with a catastrophic illness. I did the same thing. I had a terminal disease when I was in my early 20s, and I had a, a, an AMA practitioner, internal medicine physician, and I had my acupuncture educators, who were you know, studied acupuncture in China? We all came together. I did the psychology. I did the Eastern. I did the Western medicine brands, and we got me healed. But if I had not had my mind in the right place, my body could have never followed. Everywhere our mind goes, our body falls. So why am I so concerned and animated about this tonight? Because I'm actually worried about the people who are so angry that they're busting through windows. 
that they're that they're ripping down monuments, that they're beating people up in the street. It's going to catch up with you. You will become ill. That's how people get sick. It's called disease, which when you take it and divide it into the two words, it's dis-ease. You're uncomfortable. And when your mind is uncomfortable, your body's uncomfortable, you break down. Yeah. You know, I, I just never understood that form of expression. I mean, when we talk about peaceful protesters, that's what makes this place great. Uh, but when we talk about where it's going and where it's been and where a lot of it has been, not all of it, you know, that should be unacceptable. It should be untolerated by, from, from all parties. It should not be tolerated. But for some reason, we see people just, you know, making excuses for them. They're just angry and hurt right now. They're getting lined. <laughs> you know? right. We all have those times in our lives, you know? Well, Ron, what about this? If you're a leader and and you're looking at the people who are rioting and looting and you say, well, they're angry, you know, we just need to give them a chance to work it out, then why don't you help them work it out in constructive ways? This is deconstruction, destruction, deconstruction. How about if we care so much about everybody? that we want to figure out ways to be helpful, that we, right. we don't want anybody running rampant. I mean, come on, when you love someone and they start to flip out, what do you do? You just let them flip out and go crazy? Or do you try to quell them, introduce them to ways that they can come, right? No, you let them steal your clothes, you let them light you know, your bed on fire, you know, you let just not happy right now. No, I'm kidding. It just makes no sense. You know? So, uh, you know, I don't understand that part of it. I don't agree with it. I never will. I don't care what excuse people make. And they say I'm not being politically correct when I make a stand that way. I will support peaceful protests. I will listen. I will even just do what I can to compromise, to make sure that there's something that we all have our blind spots. But, man, when it comes to destroying things and people uh, or history, I'm out, you know. And it's not even about being out. I just would like to see more people opt out of that because we need to make history. We need to stop turning it down. Turning it down is a powerless, cowardly thing to do. Making it is courageous. So what would you like to invite people to do? Well, I'd like to find a way that we could start getting people to comment and so we could hear you know, what people are feeling and, and what they would like to see and some solutions that we could get from the everyday people. You know, I once had this idea, Deb, that, you know, you have American Idol, right? Yeah. Where the, America votes for their, their pop star. You know, yeah, their yeah. Star. I always thought it'd be fun to have a, a show called The American President. And it's the same thing as American Idol, but this time, you know, this PhD in, in psychology steps up and makes her points and the college kid who's, who's a you know, civil engineer, African-American kid who says, you know, I want to make my points, and a housewife makes her points, and an entrepreneur makes his or her points, or whatever it is, and America gets to engage with just everyday people who are not politicians, for heaven's sakes. And then they, then the winner gets put into the campaign, you know, as an independent, if you will, and boy, would that scare them terrified, both sides. That would just terrify them. 
because now America has picked their candidate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Why did you think of this a year ago? I did, and I just didn't think it was going to get this controversial. Uh, I really never saw this coming, to be honest with you. Look, I can see personality flaws in our current president. I can see character flaws in our in our, in our, our, our candidate, our other candidate right now, whatever. I guess it doesn't mean anything, right? Who cares? But what I'm looking for is not the perfect personality. I'm looking for somebody who loves our country, who will protect our country, and who will feed our economy or support our economy and let the special interest things happen at the ground level with us. That's it. And when I look at it that way, my decision is easy. It's not, a, it's not about, you know, Trump could be abrasive. He could be really, you know, you, there's personality things that you could say, oh, my gosh. But what I do is I say, look, I had teachers growing up in, in elementary school that I had the same feelings toward. But it didn't matter. Get your butt to class, you know, because at the end of the day, they taught you what you're supposed to learn. Uh, then, then I'm good. And I look back and I respect those teachers because they really were teachers. Right? Yeah, right, so, right. So, uh, so in this case, I'm not here to defend any candidate. I'm just here to say, look, I like a strong country. I like a strong economy. And I like the special interest things to be at the grassroots level because we keep looking to these politicians. They don't care about special interests. They don't care about color. They don't care about sexual preference. All they care about is a vote. Well, I'll tell you what, friends. It's been a rip-roaring hour. I appreciate you coming and joining us. I'm going to uh, bring our show to a close because we're in the last, like, 90 seconds here. So, Ron, it's been great to see you today. And to our audience, I hope we've excited you emotionalized you, calmed you down, jacked you up, and gotten you in a position where you want to communicate with us. So on that note, oh, I am the news. All right. Okay. Working on something for us, Deb. Okay. Will you hang on, Ron? Because I'm going to close this out, but here we go. So peace out, everybody, from Dr. Deb Carlin and Ron Williams. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.